Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 52. I am your host, Avdi Grimm. Joining me today is Gabe Hollumby. Thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Can you introduce yourself just a little bit, um, where you're from and, and what you do? Sure. Uh, so uh, I'm originally from Los Angeles. I'm an American. I grew up in L.A., Went to school, undergrad out there. Actually, my degree's in English, creative writing, but that's a different story. Uh, then I moved to New York City. Uh, I've been a web uh, nerd, uh, open web technology developer, uh, even since my uni days when I was studying uh, English. I've just always been a big computer nerd. And I took a gamble and thought, well, you know, maybe I can be employable or more employable and stand out better with a degree in English and not a computer science degree because uh, I also love communicating and I love working with people, you know, one of those social nerds. Then I moved to New York City uh, and worked here for, I say here because I'm currently recording this with you from New York, although this isn't my home. Uh, lived here for six years and then uh, I moved to Sydney, Australia, where I've been for the last three. So I currently call Sydney home, although uh, that's a little bit confusing because I've sort of been homeless for the last uh, eight and a half months as I've traveled around the world. Right. So, yeah, uh, like you said, you've been you've been doing some traveling. Uh, tell me about that. Um, in the last, uh, eight and a half months, I've been to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, the Philippines, and then the one outlier is Spain. And then also, I guess, the States, if you want to cut my quick trip here to New York. Uh, it, uh, I've been working remotely, obviously, while uh, I've been traveling, and I took two of my teammates from Sydney with me. So, we, we planned this a year in advance. Uh, we, we had this idea where, uh, well, we also have a company together. So in addition to our day job, we uh, we work together on our own fun project at night. And we wanted to spend more time working on our own stuff. But it, it's, it was kind of hard. We were carving out you know one night after work and one weekend day uh, every week uh, to work on stuff together on our own projects. And it, we just were finding it hard. We wanted more time. Uh, so that meant, obviously, taking time away from work, which meant uh, taking a pay cut, right? We'd be working less days. And uh, we just really couldn't afford to do that in Sydney. Sydney's a really expensive city to live in. Uh, a lot of Australia is. So uh, I had heard about people uh, living elsewhere, you know, like the whole currency arbitrage thing. If we could make Australian dollars and spend them in, in Southeast Asia, uh, why not give that a go? So that was the, the original plan was, uh, I believe, to take like a six-month leave of absence, unpaid, uh, save up some cash on our own, and go hack on our own stuff together for six months in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed a little bit. You know, we, we have a very close relationship with, uh, our, the company that we work for, uh, during our, our day job. And it, I mean, it's like family. We're, we're really great. And we didn't really want to leave them high and dry either as much as we wanted to work on our own stuff. So we compromised and switched to half time. So we worked half time. We've been working half time on day job stuff and half time on our own stuff. Uh, and even with, you know, taking a half salary pay cut, uh, I'm, I haven't touched any of my savings account at all because living in Asia is so much cheaper. Hmm. Very cool. So you've been, you've been all over the place. It sounds like. Yeah. Three months in Thailand and then three months in Vietnam, a month in Cambodia, a month in Laos, uh, two weeks in 
Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and then two weeks in Manila in the Philippines and then Madrid for a week, here in New York for a week. I'm going back to, to Spain. I'm going to Barcelona for two weeks and then the trip is over. I'll be back in uh, Sydney at the beginning of October. How were you able to, or how well were you able to stay connected um, uh, in all the different places? Like get online connected yeah. mm-hmm. with the, the rest of the team back in Sydney. Uh, I guess I'll talk about both because it's a yeah, both both is is interesting. So Asia's actually or Southeast Asia, everywhere I was, to the most part was is pretty well connected. One of my teammates had been to Vietnam uh, six months prior to. Uh, to when we first started planning this. So that was about two years ago. And he said even then it was pretty well wired. Uh, you know, Wi-Fi, ubiquitous free Wi-Fi, uh, unlike America and unlike Australia, where, I mean, Australia is even worse. It's just hard to find free Wi-Fi anywhere. Hmm. Totally the opposite case. Uh, it's uh, really easy to stay connected. Um, the, with the exception of, like, I think that the worst Internet connectivity was in Laos. Uh, but if you were to rank them from most wired to least wired of the big four, it was Thailand was the most wired and then Vietnam. Uh, and then Cambodia and then Laos at the bottom. But we were still, we still managed to stay online pretty much okay. And when we couldn't get Wi-Fi, uh, getting mobile uh, data pack- packages, uh, you know, is really easy and cheap over in Asia. Hmm. I, I don't recall ever spending more than like $15 a month for more data than we needed. Oh wow. <laughs> it's kind of sort of outrageously affordable. Uh, and you know, how did I, how did I stay connected with the team back in Sydney? Um, well, we have a, a morning stand-up every morning. And the time change between Asia, Southeast Asia and Sydney works really well because Sydney was two or three hours ahead, depending on where we were. So as Sydney was coming back uh, from lunch, uh, we were coming on after breakfast. And so we would have a half day overlap. And so what, what, when we're all in Sydney, we did a morning stand up that was traditional. Uh, but uh, when half the team, uh, the remote team, we call ourselves the away team too, a little nod. <laughs> uh, but none of us wear red shirts. Oh, good. Um, we we would have our stand up in the morning, and that would be the you know the post lunch stand up for the Sydney team, and that just worked really well. Uh, Google Hangouts was pretty good for that too. Uh, when the bandwidth supported it, it's really nice to have friendly faces and to actually see video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we would just fall back to Skype if we were someplace that couldn't support the video. Very cool. What was the nicest place you ever you ever worked from? The ni- see, that's I think that's a really hard question, but. Uh, I think my favorite place for a lot of different reasons is a, a city called Nha Trang. It's, it's written Nha Trang, N-H-A-T-R-A-N-G, but it's pronounced Nha Trang uh, in Vietnamese. Uh, it's in Vietnam, sort of in the middle of the country on the coast. Uh, it's a really popular tourist destination. It's a beach town, but there's a lot of really good multicultural cuisine there too. So in addition to fantastic uh, Vietnamese food and, you know, as much delicious cheap pho as you could possibly want. Uh, really great Indian, surprisingly, uh, uh, mm. good, uh, good tapas even. I had some really great paella there. So oh, well. it was great because it's, uh, all the food is affordable. The weather was great while we were there. We've been blessed with great weather the whole time on this whole trip, actually. That was really nice. Uh, also it's a place I stayed the longest. So it, it felt the most like home throughout this whole trip. I was there for six weeks mm. and then most times we were, we would move around every week or two to a new place. So six weeks in Yancheng really started to feel like home. You know, I was a regular at, uh, there's a, it's called the beach club and it's not really like a beach club the way you or I would think of like a preppy beach club here in the States, but it's a, it's a nice bar and lounge right on the beach. They didn't mind me working there every morning. So that became like the beach office and, and next door is a brewery. So between the beach club and the brewery, it was just amazingly scenic hacking, you know, with sunsets and cheap drinks and yeah, it's, 
if, if I didn't have teammates with me, I would have found it a lot harder to work. But that's been one of the greatest things about this trip is because I've been traveling with coworkers. We do a, a really good job keeping each other focused and motivated because I, I just don't think I could have done this same trip alone. I, I, it would have been a lot harder for me to work. I would have felt even more isolated too. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I mean, just it seems like it would be kind of hard to, to stay focused when you're doing that much moving around. Yeah, it, oh, certainly solo. I think it would have been unless I was working on a solo project. But mm-hmm. uh, I like working in teams, so I, I found this to be really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this a big adjustment for like the home team? No home base. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and a little bit unfair to them too. So the original plan after was like kind of vague three to six months. Uh, I would be away and we brought one person onto the team. I think two weeks before me and two of my colleagues left Sydney to start this trip. And, you know, and during the interview process, we, we mentioned all this. Um, and he was okay with it. And, you know, our other senior developer, uh, in Sydney, she's fantastic, and and she was okay with mentally being the only lead dev in the office, a you know, senior dev in the office, uh, for up to six months. And so it's been really especially unfair to her because after about month four, I just felt like six wasn't going to be enough for me personally, and I wanted to push it back to a little bit more. And so all up, it's going to be nine, and I think we started feeling the strain around month six or seven. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Six months would have been a good time away for the office, but nine months away has been good for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a compromise there. But we did do something really great, which is when we were in Vietnam, so that was, I think, you know, months three through six of this trip, and I think we brought them through, brought them over halfway in the middle of that. So around month four, we flew the rest of the uh, tech team from Sydney out to Vietnam to have like a big two-week off-site meeting with all of us together there. And that okay. was also when I was... And that was just fantastic. I mean, we were starting to feel, you know, we, we missed each other. We were starting to feel a little bit separated and just to get everyone in the same place for those kinds of big planning meetings that you do when you have an offsite. Uh, I mean, this was like the ultimate offsite and it worked really well. It was just, it was great. Mm-hmm. I should ask, what kind of, uh, what, what kind of products are you working on with your company? Your company is, uh, is tutoring Australasia, right? That's right. So the company I work for is Tutoring Australasia. Um, we our, our primary product is uh, a service we call Your Tutor, and the website, if you're interested, is yourtutor.com.au. Uh, we connect live. Stu- oh, sorry, we connect students to tutors live, online, on demand for help with their homework. So the general pitch is like it's ten at night and your daughter needs algebra help, and mm. you don't remember or chemistry or maths or whatever. Uh, we cover the entire Australian curriculum from. The salespeople are going to hate me if I say this wrong. So I don't, I don't know exactly. I would say technically we do from year three up until year 12, but uh, I, I can't remember exactly all the subjects, but pretty much anything you can think of. Uh, we have hundreds of tutors that we employ all around Australia who basically are waiting online, and we have intelligent matching system that when a student says, I need help with chemistry, we'll find a chemistry expert who's available, and we connect them in an online collaborative environment where you can chat and draw on a shared drawing space that updates in real time and share files and share web links together. So, you know, you get the idea is don't wait, get unstuck right away, get, you know, talk to one of our tutors. And this is a service that we sell to schools. So schools will pay for a subscription to let all of their students or some subset, some years, let's say, mm-hmm. of their students uh, avail themselves of this service. Uh, and we also sell it to public libraries, so city, city councils, 
because you know, a lot of students will go to the library for help with their homework, and this is a way to let libraries uh, sort of extend the, the sort of homework help offering to those students. Mm-hmm. So you went from working on site with your team to kind of jumping feet first into being you know very very uh, well. Okay, not completely dispersed because you were you were with part of your team, but certainly you know you were kind of breaking things into effectively two teams, right? Um, you know, at least geographically. I'm curious, do you have any do you have any lessons learned from that? You know, real big takeaways um, as as you went through that process. Yeah. So daily communication is really important. Oh, I, I forgot to mention also we uh, we use Campfire uh, and the really excellent Mac client for Campfire called Flint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, and that's been really helpful for us too when we need asynchronous communication. So, I mean, like like any relationship, whether it's a professional or a personal one, communication is key, and it just becomes so much more important when you're uh, when you're away uh, working remotely. So, the, I think the biggest thing that we struggle with would be having conversations that wouldn't get captured uh, in a place where both teams could see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's sort of the classic problem with anybody who works remotely. If, if you're working with a team that's remote and you have two teams in different places, you know, we would say stuff, uh, you know, the, the away team, team, team Thailand became team Vietnam or whatever, you know, team Vietnam would say something and to each other and we would forget to, to mention that team Sydney and, or we, we would remember, but it, it just, it, it wasn't the same. So that was something we struggled with was trying to stay connected that way. And, and uh, but daily standups really, really help. And we're always on chat and we're always on, uh, Campfire for the asynchronous communication too. Mm-hmm. So that, well, uh, what are what are some other lessons? I feel like uh, for this is just my own personal experience, but the six months was probably the sweet spot for this trip. And uh, any more than that, I think that I should should have gone back. It would have been easier if I had gone back to Sydney earlier uh, from the work perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as being away that long, so uh, I, six months was doable. Um, that if you're thinking about doing a trip like this. Start smaller. And in mm-hmm. fact, that's an tangent I should go into is that before this trip began, we did a trial run a year prior. So we started this trip on Christmas Eve was when we landed in Thailand. So Christmas Eve 2011, uh, a year before that, uh, around Christmas of 2010, we, the same team, uh, we did a six week road trip up the coast of New South Wales and Queensland from Sydney to Brisbane, basically. Uh, stopping at different places along the way. Uh, we had a huge tent. So the theory was if we can live together in a tent for six weeks, mm-hmm. we can six months of living in, you know, hotel rooms in Asia. Right. Uh, so we had to see if we would really get along, uh, at that level. And it was a huge tent, you know, officially it's like a 12 person tent, three rooms. It was a palace. In fact, the model <laughs> was a chalet XL or something like that. It really wasn't. It was ginormous. Uh, and we towed a, towed a motorboat and, uh, you know, we, we did wakeboarding along the way and it was, uh, at any lake we could stop at. So it was a great trip. It was very Australian. I got to see a lot of, uh, Australia's coast. Sort of learned how to surf, but not very well. Uh, but that trip was good because that was a trial run. And, you know, we had, uh, mobile internet USB sticks, uh, to stay connected. And literally we were doing things like hacking around the campfire at night. Mm-hmm. In fact, that, Sort of fell into that because, uh, in some of the places we were camping in national parks and you needed, uh, we couldn't, you couldn't legally run a generator. So our batteries on our laptops would last longer with our screen brightness at minimum settings. So that meant working around the campfire at night when the batteries would last longer. But <sighs> nice. that was, that was a, 
experience too. So the lesson there was do a trial run of some sort um, to make sure that you guys can actually uh, live with each other. And mm-hmm. we found out that we could. That worked out well. So what sort of equipment does the Vagabond programmer carry with him? Uh, what's in my bag? A lot of stuff. Uh, probably the best thing, the two best things I've, I bought were, uh, just a general universal power adapter where, you know, you, you can plug anything into one end and on the other end is the, the, the male side of it that'll let you plug it into any socket anywhere in the world. You have to have one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably need more, more than one of those, except what I was also able to find was a universal power board. Uh, so, the, you know, it's got three sockets in that, so you can plug anything into any of those three sockets. And then with the one, my one adapter, plug that into a wall, and so now you've got three universal plugs. So that worked out really well, uh, especially because there were three of us. So, uh, and, and with a really long cord, so that's important. So you can really reach far away power plugs because the table that you might want to sit at at some cafe might be far away mm-hmm. from the power. Uh, besides that, uh, when the iPad threes, fours, whatever they are, the Retina iPads came out. We all really wanted them. So we all just sort of impulse ordered them. And this is when we were in Vietnam. So we had a friend who was meeting us in Vietnam uh, just for fun. She, she didn't work with us. She was uh, just a friend who came to visit. We had her import three of those for us. So those got added to the mix later. And I'm really happy about that. Uh, just The iPad's just been a really great, mostly a reading device, but uh, and, and for maps. Uh, I started this trip with a Kindle Fire, which I bought um, because I didn't think I was going to buy an iPad. Mm-hmm. And I wanted tablet that would let me read still, but also do a little bit more you know, maps and stuff like that. Um, so I left my original e-ink Kindle back in Sydney and got the Kindle Fire for that. Um, a phone, an unlocked GSM phone is essential. We all have iPhones. And, I mean, they work really well. You know, the iPhone 4s are pentaband, I think, so they, they work everywhere. But it's got to be unlocked, of course, so you can just put a GS, uh, SIM card in right. from anywhere. You- um, That's a good point. Yeah, make sure it's unlocked. Those are the things that really stand out. That's all the techie stuff anyway. Uh, camera, I've got a, a DSLR. Photography is one of my hobbies. And uh, it's it's been heavy. So I kind of think that if I could have done this trip again, one of the things I would have changed is I would have splurged for a micro four-thirds uh, camera mm-hmm. system instead. They're smaller. They're lighter. They take great photos because you can still swap lenses. My compromise was I already had the, the, the Canon T1i SLR body. Uh, so I just bought a, an 18 to 200 millimeter lens. It's heavy. It's so heavy. Uh, and I really wish I had swapped. Uh, I, if I could do that over, I would have bought the, the lighter camera. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Mac, that's the other really awesome thing is I started this trip with the MacBook Pro, 13 inch MacBook Pro, and you don't realize how heavy they are until you switch to an Air. Uh, <laughs> I, and other little things too, like, I find myself sitting in different positions with, you know, the air so light. I can balance it on one leg and, and sit more comfortably or just differently. I can switch around my positions more in ways that I never could with, with a heavier laptop. So just something weird that I didn't even think would be a, a benefit ended up being. And they're just, they're easier to work with for me physically. Um, my MacBook Pro died in Vietnam. Uh, on a really bad day, I was leaving Vietnam the next day. So I walked into one of the two authorized Apple resellers in Hanoi picked the MacBook Air off the shelf, uh, bought it, walked out in under five minutes. I don't think they knew what to do with me. They just, they was the most <laughs> determined shop. I, just, I didn't want to deal with it, you know, just, okay, that's what I want. I'll take it. Thank you. But the Air was great. So if I could have done that over again too, I would have started with the Air. Mm-hmm. So this is a 13 inch Air and it's worked great. And the battery life is amazing. So yeah, that's, that's most of the kit that I've got with me. Cool. 
Well, I can't think of any other any, any other questions that I have for you, um, except uh, except one that I, I like to ask everyone, which is just you know, um, you know, what's your like number one piece of advice for people working remotely? And I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess you've you've answered a lot of that already with the talk about communication and stuff like that. But in case there's there's any any other thing that that is worth addressing, I thought I'd put that out there. Sure. Uh, the one key piece of advice for working remotely. I'm going to scope this piece of advice to my particular experience in Asia, which is if you're thinking about doing a trip like this, I mean, the, the, the major benefit for me was it was so affordable. I, I'm, I'm switched to half time when I did this trip and with a half salary, I still haven't touched my savings account. I, I can support myself on half my salary in Asia more than support. I'm saving. I'm saving more earning half as much. Hmm. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, because living is less than half of what it is in Sydney in Asia. Hmm. So you can take a huge pay cut and still save more money, way more money. And that's just that's crazy to get your head around, but it's revolutionary. And I think that we're we're gonna see a lot more of this sort of nomadic uh techie working thing like what I've been doing in the future because it's just so it's so easy and it's so convenient and I was worried that Asia was going to be too foreign, too hard to to live in. I'd never been in Asia before this trip, but no, it's been anything but difficult. It's been wonderful and easy, and everybody's been friendly everywhere I've gone, and it's just it's very easy to get work done if you if you have the mind to do it. Uh, you won't have any trouble staying connected. So my advice is, if you can earn currency in the United States or Australia or something like that where it converts to a really great rate, uh, the cost of living is so much lower in Southeast Asia. Take a trip. Do it. I mean, it, if you're thinking about even doing just a holiday there, I can't recommend it enough. It's been great. Oh, you're you're de- you're really selling me on it. Now I want to go. You should. You really. really- <laughs> All right. Well, Gabe, before I, I let you go, where can people find out more about you and uh, your projects online? Sure. Um, so my personal website is avantbard.com. That's A-V-A-N-T-B-A-R-D.com. Uh, from there, you can see links to my GitHub repo and my Twitter uh, and my Flickr photo stream if you want to see photos from this trip uh, and other trips. Uh, that's the easiest way to get in, t- in touch with me. Um, I'm Gabe Hollenby on Twitter, G-A-B-E-H-O-L-L-O-M-B-E. So you can find me there too. Oh, I should mention another thing, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I built on this trip to help us work remotely, uh, it's, it's a pet project, but uh, I, and it's in beta right now, but I'd, you know, I'd love it if more people would give it a go. Uh, it's a site called Pearkit, Pearkit.com. I, I like can't believe we didn't, we didn't talk about this earlier. <laughs> it actually completely skipped my mind until just now. Um, so I built Pearkit as a way to make, uh, SSH reverse tunneling ridiculously easy. Uh, there was a moment when we were in, I forget what country now, but we were somewhere and we wanted to pair with, uh, some of our devs back in Sydney and, uh, you know, when we were all in Sydney, sometimes we would just we would pair using Tmux, uh, which is fantastic. But uh, I, I knew that we could we could get this figured out, but I didn't know that, that I didn't have the technical know-how. I knew SSH could do reverse tunneling, but I didn't really know exactly what that meant. So I spent a day reading up about it. Um, and you know, the the first version of it was, you know, if both if two people in point A and point B are both behind uh, routers that you know you don't have port forwarding set up. But if you can both SSH into the same host somewhere, some publicly accessible or, you know, accessible on the internet host that you both have login credentials to, you can set up port mappings between 
that host and each of your boxes so you can SSH to each other, remote login to your own endpoints, right. reverse tunneling. So you can take that, you can, comp, you can make it simpler actually by making the server that one of you SSHs into publicly accessible. So that's what Parakit does. Parakit makes it ridiculously easy to share local ports with other people online. There are other services that do really similar things. Um, Local Tunnel, I think, is one of them that's really great. And oh, I forget, Tunnel.io is the other. The, the problem I had with both of those is they're, they're both they're both made for sharing just uh, your web, your web right. server. And I wanted to share multiple ports, right? SSH, right. port 80, or port 3000, or whatever you're running your Rails app on. You know, plus, you know, port 5900 if you want to do VNC, Apple Remote Desktop screen sharing. So I wanted something for that. So I'll now, just build and it's it's worked great for us. Um, you know, like you said, there's some other services out there. I use one for if I want to just throw my throw the local web server on the web. Um, and uh, I'm curious, like, are, are is what is does Parakit also open up like a public port the way that does, or is it just like does the the person on the other hand end have a a special token or something like that that you know it's 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 only open to one person. Right. So right now, I've kept things as simple as possible, which is less security, more accessibility. I mean, there's always... Okay. I had an old computer uh, network administrator at an old job say, whenever you increase the security factor, you increase the pain in the ass factor. <laughs> right. At first, I said, let's just keep things simple. So what Parakit does is it just sets up a reverse tunnel from your machine with whatever ports you want to share to Parakit.com, that web server. So... Basically, if you say Parakit share port 80, what you end up with is Parakit.com port, you know, 3025. It picks some random port. Actually, it goes integer consecutive right now, and of course that'll change, but it's simple right now. And then anybody, anyone who accesses Parakit.com port 3021 or whatever it randomly allocates you, uh, for the duration of your session, as long as you've kept that tunnel open, can access your box. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, it serves different needs. You might want more than one. You might want to share that with more than one person. So you don't mm-hmm. want the token thing. Um, I thought about adding on-demand uh, IPFW uh, Linux firewall rules so that the first host to hit that particular port would be allowed, whitelisted in, and any subsequent host wouldn't. If you wanted to enable something like that, that's something I've got on the back burner way to, to make it a mm-hmm. little bit clearer if, if you wanted that. But right now, Parakit is free. It, I, I, I'm not monetizing at all. I'm just seeing if it's a useful tool for people, if they find it useful. There's a hobby thing. I put it up. I built it because I needed it. And if other people find it useful, I mean, I'm funding the bandwidth of it entirely out of my pocket right now. Uh, it's not a big bill. If it gets more popular, I'm going to need to charge money for it. But I would. Lo- that's a problem I would love to have. Right. Very cool. I'm glad we uh, glad we got to that. I should have uh, I should have poked you about that earlier in the in the interview. Listen, uh, if you'd like a beta invite, uh, please just go to Parakit.com. There's a form there. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Gabe, thank you very much for your time. It's uh, been really cool hearing about your experiences uh, in Southeast Asia and, and everywhere else. It's been great talking with you, Avdi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And that is our show today. To subscribe to the show, if you haven't already, or to check out more interviews and articles about remote work, go to wideteams.com. You can also find the show in the iTunes Music Store, where reviews are very welcome. The Wide Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. 
Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wow, 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 wow,